Welcome to the Fan Engagement Podcast by Genius Sports. I'm your host, Megan Kane. We'll chat with leaders from leagues, brands, teams, and broadcasters about different ways to engage fans and grow your organization. Today's guest is Jen Matthews, the Vice President of Brand Strategy at FanDuel. We'll discuss the emerging U.S. market and some cutting-edge marketing. Let's go. Good morning, Jen. How are you today? Thanks so much for joining me. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So just to get us started, can you tell me what your role is at FanDuel and what the company actually does? Sure. Um, So I'm the VP of brand strategy for FanDuel. So I oversee, as it says, right, the brand strategy team um, overseeing like all of the advertising that goes out, whether it be commercials, digital, um, etc. And then I oversee all of our social content team. Uh, so all of the different platforms that hopefully everyone here listening is following between TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, et cetera, YouTube. Um, I also oversee our creative operations team. So every single piece of creative that goes out the door for the entire company, whether it be across all the different sports um, properties we have or verticals, excuse me, or casino, um, it comes through my team. And then I also oversee all the product marketing for the sports side of the business. So Sportsbook, uh, Daily Fantasy, Face Off, which is um, uh, interactive games, uh, racing, and free to play. So there's a, it's a big, yeah, big, big group of people doing some awesome stuff and really concentrating on uh, making FanDuel and keeping us as America's number one sports book, which I guess leads me to your second question, right? What is FanDuel? So <laughs> we are a sportsbook operator um, at its, I should, shouldn't say at its core, right? Because we started off in the fantasy space. Um, we actually really consider ourselves more of like a fan-focused uh, sports technology and entertainment company, right? Because we are really devoted to changing the way customers um really engage with their favorite sports and teams and leagues, or like you said, gaming from the casino standpoint. Um, because as you know, right, if you have some stake in the game, you're more apt to watch it till the very last second. So we are, um, as I said, we're the number one sports book in the US. Um, and we have, a, like I said, between fantasy, we have free to play, we have uh, face off, we have sports, uh, we have sports book, we have racing, we are the, in fact, we are the first and the only sports book to have uh, racing in it. So you'll be able to bet um, like the Kentucky Derby through the sports book, which is, which is awesome. Um, and we also have about uh, 30 retail sports books across the U.S. So those are actual physical locations that you can go in and bet, have food, whatever it might be. But it's actually um, quite a bit if you really think about, you know, how fast sports betting has become legalized. Um, and right, and not in every state. And that leads me perfectly into my next question, which is there's an expanding market in the U.S., and it's kind of like the Wild West between each state and their different regulations. <laughs> How has that expanding market impacted your engagement strategy and all the nuances of the regulations impacted your overall strategy? Yeah, so you're right. So every state has their own rules. So essentially, when you um, when we find out that we'll launch in a new state, we work as in we the marketing team, we work really closely with our compliance team. So our internal compliance team, they work with the states themselves, right? They work to find out what we can and what we can't do. So as we're preparing to launch, we are in lockstep with those regulators and we send them all of our marketing, making sure that we are 
um, following the rules of that state, right? Making sure that we are not, um, all of our partnerships are in lockstep, making sure that we are just checking the box um, so that we, you know, uh, we want to be the best partner for each state, right? So we make sure that we can, we do that. And like I said, it's really just the success, the success that we've had thus far in, in all state launches is really because we have that um, close alignment with, like I said, really internally with compliance and marketing, and then the compliance team really being able to take that to the regulators and making sure everything is up to the standards for them before we actually launch in that state. Yeah. And each state in itself kind of feels like a brand new launch. <laughs> yeah. How do you prepare for a state that's on the brink of legalizing sports betting or even a state that does it at like the 11th hour, like New York back in January of last year? I was reading through an article before our chat and it seems like there are a couple that are like, Meh, it might be coming soon. It might not. We don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> it's very true. Um, we have a team that thankfully um, a really great team that works uh, on our go to market strategy and like to that point of finding out exactly when we will launch. I mean, um, interestingly enough, uh, January of 22 at this point, um, New York, right? We knew it was going to launch. We didn't know exactly when. And I think it was everybody came back from the holidays and we found out it was launching like four days later. So that does happen. Um, but, you know, thankfully we were prepared in, in a capacity, right? So we do have marketing that we try and lean into each state. So just because we're talking about New York, you know, our New York um, advertising and marketing efforts focus specifically around that, right? There was a subway involved and there was the Statue of Liberty and the Empire State Building, right? We leaned into the state and we try and really do that. We also have a ton of um, partnerships in each state. And we usually use that, you know, we really try and use those team partnerships to help us get out in front of uh, customers as well. But um, yeah, it's we try and just be as authentic as we can to fans. Um, there is a pre-live period where you're allowed to advertise to people in the state telling them that it's coming. So we definitely, we utilize that. Um, it's essentially there's sometimes some, uh, you know, sign up now and you'll get you know, $200 in your account, you know, that kind of stuff. Like there's, there's a lot of incentives and, and all the, so the sports books do that. Um, and then when it is the day that you can go live, right. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty intense with all the marketing that we're trying to get out there. And we, you know, my team works really closely with the media team to make sure that we have the right placements. Um, we just, uh, updated our TV commercials for, uh, go to market. And, you know, I think we have such a good, um, we have a great platform, right? We are we are the easiest platform to use. Um, it's been stable, you know. All the you get your money fast, which not everybody realizes that when they become a sports betting person digitally, right? Because if people were doing offshore, it was a little bit different. Um, but I think you know, there's so much more of like getting people into the product and letting them experience it and then them sticking around. So that's a lot of what my team is responsible for is like getting people to that product. And then once they're there, right, we have another part of the marketing organization that can then communicate with those people um, and get them special offers and educate them. And there's just, there's an entire process that goes along with it. And education, I think is probably something that not enough operators are talking about. It's actually something that we have really invested in. Um, in. In fact, we have education videos now that sit within our products. So you can actually learn how to bet 
through watching these videos. You can find them online too. Um, and then we actually, we've, we've done that for Sportsbook and we actually are doing it for racing right now as well. We just launched them uh, yesterday, just knowing that people are trying to figure it out. And let's be honest, this hasn't been something that we've grown up doing. And if you did, a lot of it was doing it offshore, which was fine, but it's not, you know, it's more like you're sitting with your buddies and you're kind of learning as you go. We understand, right? You're, you're tying your bank account to our product it's it can be scary um so a lot of what we're trying to do is is ease that uh feeling of people and let them feel less intimidated and more apt to coming into the product giving it a try and you know watching the videos on their own time right being able to talk to customer service and getting some questions answered so you know we understand that this is new to most people uh and like you said, it's every state launch is a new brand, right? You have to, you have to treat it like that. It's, these are a whole new slew of people that have not been able to do this. So, you know, being able to educate them and, and make them feel comfortable to bet with FanDuel is, is a real big priority for us. That education piece is so important because just like in other countries, it's something that's been long established and it's something that they're familiar with. But in the U.S., we're like, oh, sports betting. Interesting. Okay. Right. It's not a mature market, right? So it's like you didn't grow up betting on, you know, there's some markets that grew up betting on the Oscars and the Olympics and TV shows. And like, we just didn't, you know, I mean, there, there is now going to be a group of people that will, right? People born in the past few years. Um, but that's not a huge, uh, big, big set of people at this point. And going back to that point about each state being its own entity and sort of its own launch, how do you talk to each state in their own voice and make sure that the marketing that you're providing them matters to them? How do you get that message across to them and, and localize it to each state? Because a lot of states in the U.S. are pretty different. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, it's kind of like I was saying before, you know, like with New York, we leaned into New York uh, landmarks, right? Like we did the same with Massachusetts. We lean into copy that makes sense for them. Um, but our team deals, our team partnerships really help too, right? So um, our deal with, uh, with the Bruins for Massachusetts, right? We were able to lean into that and talk, you know, use, work with the team to how do we talk to their fans, right? And tell them like, okay, well, we're a partner. This is who you should be betting with. So we try and get really smart about that. Um, and that's also when we think about what our, who our team partners are going to be, we really think about that too, right? Like the states that we are going to be live in or that we are live in, what, you know, the teams um there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into that part of the process of like which team we're going to work with but um yeah we try and do our best to to really feel local even though it's obviously a national brand for sure and you know betting always seems like it has to be on the cutting edge in the US particularly because it's you know getting launched in different places how do you continue to position yourselves as the front runner in such a growing and emerging market that's a good question um, we have a lot of principles internally uh, one of them is stay humble and stay hungry it's actually something we talk about often in many meetings um, so it really kind of like has the culture internally right of being innovative but all, also like, being able to keep thinking like what is going to keep us there, right? You can't just like think that one doing one big thing is going to keep everybody around. Um, we were the first sports book to introduce same game parlays, uh, which has now become actually one of our most popular bets. And so we continue to take that to the next step when we've just introduced same game parlay plus. Um, so we do things like that, uh, that really is trying to keep us on cutting edge, like you said. And we believe like, 
you know, we're always focusing on on bringing our fans new ways to place bets, whether it be on their favorite teams or players or even just leagues that they love, right? Um, so it's really just constantly working within our product team and seeing, and, and listen, we do a ton of research. We do a lot of research to see what, what, what uh, customers want. And we're told, you know, we try and build that for them because we know that the more engaged they are with our product, the more likely they are to keep coming back. So pivoting a little bit to some of those campaigns that you guys have done, you completed a massive campaign and a pretty interesting one during the Super Bowl. Can you tell me about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, whew, it feels like it was so long ago at this point. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, so yeah, it was called Kick of Destiny. It was a campaign with Rob Gronkowski. Um, and it was essentially a four-part uh, campaign. So we started in the playoffs uh, and essentially introducing that Rob would be kicking a live field goal during the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, him hearing that from his agent was our first commercial and being like, what do you mean? Like, I, I catch the ball. I don't kick the ball. How is, how is this going to happen? Um, all the way through watching him train for this and then through a press conference uh, where I think you saw like his nerves kind of kick in. So it was really, really, really awesome. Um, and it culminated with our first ever Super Bowl spot uh, that we purchased. And it was, I'll be honest, we were in the middle of a desert on Super Bowl Sunday. We built our own field um, and, you know, Gronk kicked this field goal, unfortunately, did not hit it. Um, and I will say the wind, it was just like, it was out of a movie, right? Like the wind picked up probably like 15 minutes before he had to kick and it was intense. And I was like, oh my God, because I will tell you, he is just wonderful to work with. He is just fantastic. And he, the, the day we, we talked to him about this, he started practicing that day. Like he was so dedicated to doing this um, and really dedicated to the part of it too was getting our fans $10 million. So that was, that was the, the, the key there. Um, and what we really wanted to do is we knew that we had this opportunity to buy this commercial in the Super Bowl, and not many brands can really get people to gather behind something. Right. So, um, we were like, how can we do that? How can we get everyone to root for the same thing? Super Bowl Sunday, people are rooting for different teams. Right. And it kind of, what's something that we can bring people together. And this was it, right? Bringing everyone was rooting for him to to get the, the field goal, right? Because then they would get money in, in their FanDuel account. Um, and given that he didn't uh, make it, we actually did end up giving everybody the money. Um, in fact, we gave them, I think it was $17 million because we had that many people placed bets. Uh, yeah, that many people placed bets on the Super Bowl. Um, and we wanted to be able to give everyone more money. So it was awesome. It was um yeah. And it was, it was live, right? It was, there was something I think only one other advertiser has done thus far in the Super Bowl was actually have a live commercial. So, which people who work in production understand the, uh, the intensity of that, um, can, can be a little bit, uh, nerve wracking, but it was, it was, it was great. And like I said, he was, he was fantastic to work with. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, like I said, I, I felt at this point, it feels like it was a year ago, even though it was only a few months ago. But it was, uh, you know, you start planning for that pretty far out. So it was great. And speaking of that planning, especially to do a live Super Bowl commercial, you touched on it a little bit. But what are the logistics that go into that? 
And I know you said you were trying to get everybody behind a particular cause, but did someone just have this idea and say, we should get Gronk to kick us a field goal? <laughs> How did that happen? Oh, I wish it was that easy. No. Um, you know, we work really closely at Wyden and Kennedy. They're at our agency of record. And we worked with them for our NFL campaign. And when we were thinking about what would we do big and bold for Super Bowl, we talked about a million things. And this, is, this was one of them. Um, we just felt like this was the one. Um, but it did. It took a lot to get done. And I'm not just talking production wise, right? Like the NFL, they signed off on this legally. Our legal team had to sign off on this uh, regulators. And we also had to have, you know, our the Fox as, as running the game, right? Like this is a production that they're putting on and they were in lockstep with us up until like days before we were meeting with them often to show them here's the script, here's the timing, here's how we're going to get all this done. Even as crazy as Gronk um, himself is on the pregame for Super Bowl. So we had to get him from set all the way then to our set, um, which is logistics too. So um, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, and then, like I said, then the wind picked up and it was just like, oh my gosh. Um, but, you know, being in the middle of the desert, we built this field. It was pretty awesome. We could actually see the stadium from the desert, which was kind of fun, too. So, um, yeah. And honestly, like I said, it was so much of Rob just being an awesome partner and really just I mean, he practiced. He had a coach like he's not you know, he, he kicked field goals, he said, I think, in high school. So, like, you know, he's like, I think I could do this. I could do this. I got this. Um, but he really took it seriously, which I think was was a lot of fun, too. So it was this really big campaign and a whole lot of effort went into it. I know you said that a lot of people bet and that increased the jackpot, but what other sort of traction did you see? Do you have any other sort of stats or results you can share? Um, yeah, I think we had about um, more than 2 million active player bets throughout the game, um, which is obviously huge. And uh, actually, uh, this was actually pretty amazing. If you if you hear this, you might not, might not believe it, but... Uh, at our peak, so you know, people are betting pregame, during game, the whole nine. But at the peak, we had fifty thousand bets taken per minute, which is yeah, which is which is awesome. So I think you know, so much of it was led by the great game, but obviously then there, you know, the campaign itself. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. I think we even had someone uh, was paid out like $250,000. Uh, they won the Tails Never Fails coin toss. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a really good day for FanDuel. So pivoting to now, I know you guys are running a big campaign during the NBA playoffs, and it's called Think Like a Player. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So as we know, the NBA uh, revolves around star players, right? People love betting on players. We saw last year, uh, that our um, our customers were betting parlay bets on players and same game parlay bets on players. And we knew that we were like, okay, we need to lean into what we know people want to bet when it comes to the NBA playoffs. So what better campaign than to use Charles Barkley, who, you know, loves, loves himself as a younger player, right? And we kind of leaned into... Um, showing what it would be like to be able to bet your seat, you know, the best same game parlay with, with who not none other than, than, than young Chuck, as we called him. So we actually use this, uh, AI, um, technology called deep fake, 
And it basically generated a younger version of Charles um, back to the 1990s when he played. So you'll see in the commercials, it's actually it's Charles now talking to his younger self. Um, and the younger self looks exactly like him. And like I said, that was, you know, from this deep, deep fake technology um, that looks awesome. And basically it's, you know, kind of working, the two of them working together to get fans understand how they can create these exciting scene game parlay bets with their favorite players throughout the playoffs. Um, we There's been two uh, ads that have released thus far, and there'll be one more that will release in the next few weeks. So it's a nice little uh, three-part campaign. Uh, Charles is another great partner of ours, um, great to work with, and we were able to really you know, tap into his his days of playing with the Phoenix Suns. And I think it was, you know, some of the commentary you'll hear, um, you know, him asking him, him asking his older self of like, do we still dunk? You know, like it's kind of funny, um, you know, so there's there's some really good lines in there that, that we're real excited about. Well, that wraps up the questions that I have for you. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jen. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. That wraps up today's episode of the Fan Engagement Podcast by Genius Sports. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, I'm Megan Kane.